to the 5,700 people watching across the YouTube scape. I say good morning to you. And football is right around the corner. Uh, lots, I, I always tell people, football's a year-round sport. Um, and even now when I started reporting it, you really realize all the nuances of free agency, uh, college football starting up, and the NFL draft right around the corner, which we're going to be doing some draft coverage uh, shortly. But today, I am so pleased to be joined by my brother, Junior. How's it going, everyone? This is long overdue, I feel like. So I'm excited to be here and uh, talk some football. When you say long overdue, like, we're, when I asked you to be on, were you like, oh my God, this is my opportunity? Well, yeah, I've been waiting, but I was like, I'm never going to really like invite myself. So you finally gave me the offer, and I, I guess I'm worthy enough now to finally be on the show. I'm going to be honest. If you wouldn't have played every snap last year, like I'm serious, if you would have missed one offensive snap, I would not have had you on the show because the first athlete that I'm having on Gridiron Junkies needs to be a fucking stud. That's facts. That's that's a very solid point. Yeah, I can't just be no bum coming on here. And you were kind of a bum at the, at the beginning. I, I'm of still kind of was a bum. I still have work to do, but uh, yeah. It's so where, where do you play for the people that are like who? Like my brother actually is somebody. Like where do you play? <laughs> so I play at San Jose State University. Uh, left tackle. Uh, yeah, there's not much to it, man. We're just a group of five team in the Mountain West, trying to make it out, be on the uprise, and. Uh, be some contenders, be somebody. You guys were somebody last year, wouldn't you say so? You guys had a pretty, um, I mean, I from like an outsider's perspective, and I watched every game, I was like, oh, you guys are fun to watch. You know, you, you guys had an insane defense, and you had an offense that at times, like when you guys turned the key to be like, all right, let's be great, it was great. And so... Do you, like, what would you give, like, the raking for last season? Like, how did that play out in your head? Was it as good as you thought? Did you guys feel like you guys could have performed better? Uh, there's definitely, we could have done a lot better. I think with the athletes that we had, I mean, we're talking about Junior Fajoko, which is probably, in my opinion, a top five defensive lineman going into this draft this year. On the D-line, uh, a Mountain West uh, MVP from 2020, also on that same defensive line. And then on the offensive side, we have one of the best wide receivers in the Mountain West in the group of five in uh, Elijah Cooks, which I think he'll be a steal for anybody in the draft. He just balled out during his pro day. And, uh, you know, he's 6'5", and this kid has a 37-inch vertical. I mean, you can't ask for more. And I think he ran a 4'5". So I don't know how he's getting overlooked. But him at our wide receiver and just the offense that we have of just air raid and just throwing it and letting it go, uh, you know, we had a lot more opportunity but I think there was a lot of opportunities missed. But that's fine. You know, that's what football is all about. You learn about it, and then you correct it the next year. Yeah, no, I, I think there was, in any season, like, nobody's going to play a perfect season, right? Like, and, and that it's very tough because one of the biggest gripes, and I, I want to hear it come from you because you've experienced, like, what that travel is like and what that week-to-week -week grind is. Are, do you think college players are mentally ready for how difficult that is? Because you're on for three months with no days off practically. I don't think no 18, 19-year-old kid is ready for that grind. It's, it's, un, it's, I don't, it's very hard to tell the viewers because you just have to live it yourself for you to experience it. When you practice those three days, you're going hard as shit. 
you know, you're trying to beat out that dude in front of you. And then right after that, you're hopping on a plane for five hours, playing the game, staying at some weak ass hotel, <laughs> playing that game and then getting right back on the plane and heading back home and practicing that next morning, most likely. And you have one day off with on top of that, you have schoolwork. And uh, it's just a lot. And I could only, I mean, I play group of five. I'm in the Mountain West, let alone these guys from Alabama, Oklahoma, who are getting chirped on Twitter. And every movement is being watched by them. It's, I can't even imagine it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, because that's a very good point. Because, uh, I mean, with as prevalent as uh, betting is, and this is crazy because, and I know we won't go too far into it because there's lots of, Travis, in case you didn't know, they uh they don't trust college kids talking about sports betting. What? Oh, I wonder. But why. I'm not a college kid anymore. Nor are you. Well, aren't half of the co- like most some of the college kids like you know under twenty one? They're able to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But easily influenced. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. they're naive. Yeah, ah, I see. Yeah, they make them watch a lot of like videos saying like, "Don't do this shit. Don't do this shit." So, but I'm gonna say it just uh, from this perspective. Uh. Every single game that I watch on Saturdays that it comes down to a final play and a college kid makes a mistake, I see tweet after DM, like screenshots of what people send to these college kids. Like, it's it's terrifying because, you know, dude, they're, like you said, the season's already tough enough as it is, but then to get absolutely massacred by the people that you thought loved you, that's like a whole nother level of wow. No, People- 100%. Like, I, I see the tweets myself. I don't get any myself because I'm an offensive lineman. And honestly, most of these people don't really watch the game. They just watch the score. And so I, I actually roommate with one of the kickers on my team. And uh, he just gets thrashed on Twitter whenever he has a bad game. And I see those DMs. And it's like, I respect them because it's like I would respond back very <laughs> negative to these people. But, uh, so I, I don't know. These kids have a lot of willpower to not respond back. Uh, so kudos to them, but it definitely does happen, and they're very vulgar. Do you think people? It's you know, it's just people are bitch made, and they're like the kicker is the easiest one to pick on. Like I don't see anybody that's like, damn. Because if if somebody if you were to come back at somebody, very few people think they could probably take you right. Like. Hundred percent, and then it just becomes just a Twitter beef where you're going back and forth. It, it doesn't really amount to anything, so it's kind of like best to stay out of it. But yeah, I mean, they definitely do pick on the kickers because it's the easiest one. You see this little short, scrawny white kid, and it's like, screw him for fucking over my hundred dollar parlay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's 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 accurate. That's accurate. So, um, you guys had a better than average season last year, finishing at the Potato Bowl. Okay, and I I have posted content about the Potato Bowl, so if you guys want to see, like, pretty much all my San Jose State road trips this year to go watch you play, you can go back on the YouTube archives, just look, scroll through. We went to Auburn, we went to uh, the Potato Bowl, we went to San Diego State. So the Potato Bowl, though, it resonates with me because it was, like obviously less than 30 degrees it was it didn't really it kind of snowed during the game um but you have to go out there and be sleeveless are you a fan of offensive linemen being sleeveless in cold weather no no shot uh being once a tight end 
I enjoy the accessories. You know, you look good, you play good, Coach Prime. And, uh, you know, going out there sleeveless when it's fucking below. Because that wasn't 30. even the coldest game. What was the it coldest game you've, you've had? Utah State. And I don't know. It was cold as shit. But it's like you you don't even feel your arms. Like you don't, you just kind of go numb for three hours. You play the football game and then you're done. You're like, how the fuck did I do that? Like nothing really processes with you in your mind when it's that cold and you're sleepless yeah you're just numb you're numb everything's numb in your body (laughs) and it's fucked so when you go into the locker room at halftime is that like would you almost just rather stay out because you're like damn i'm gonna go in warm my body up a little bit and then have to go right back out into some freezing cold shit uh you know what? Actually, I, I don't mind the halftime locker room because the worst part is when you're actually on the field. Because when you're on the bench, the bench warmers are incredible. You know, you go see into that. Yeah. Yeah. So actually halfway throughout the, the coldest game at Utah State, I didn't find out there, there was actually hand warmers, too, on these benches. So you could put your hands under these seats and there's like little warmers there. There's warmers for the feet, too. And, I mean, these benches are hot as shit. Like, you can't be on them for more than five minutes without, like, <laughs> having to take it, like, a get to up. To stand and, up? Yeah. So, it's definitely interesting because they freaking, they they work. They work. And the crazy thing is, Utah State didn't have those. They had just some metal benches. And so, yeah, I am, it's an advantage for sure that for those teams. But, uh, no, it, it's a struggle when it's cold. It's a struggle. So, um I've I've stated before you you played every snap last year as a redshirt freshman, uh, which I'm not gonna. There's not a way to find the stat, but I don't think there was. I think you're maybe one of ten people, bro. Do you ever think about that as far as like redshirt freshman that legitimately started every offensive snap? No, I don't tend to look into that kind of stuff because a lot of it just comes down to luck. Uh, being quite truthful, you know, one wrong land or one person landing on your knee, you know, you're done for the season. And so I don't really like to look into that. I just like to, you know, go with my luck and don't really kind of speak too far ahead of it. Got it. It's definitely all a luck thing. You know, you could prepare your body only so much for a 300-pound man landing on your knee and crushing it. <laughs> so it's definitely about luck. And so, yeah. All right. All right. So you, um, you're playing left tackle. You were not like the size that you were when you went to San Jose State. Talk about your transformation from the hundred. What were you? No, you were like it was two, two like forty, two thirty, two thirty, right? Six five, little skinny guy. You were dunking, right? You looked athletic on the court. How did that go to this? So honestly, the diet wasn't the best. Uh, it was a tub of Ben and Jerry's every night. Uh, and two to three panda runs every single day. Uh, because in college, they give you, when you're on scholarship, they give you like this, like uh, dining dollars, right? And it comes with uh, my scholarship. And so me and my boys, we would get back from practice and we'd hit a panda, go to sleep, wake back up, hit a panda again, because it's free. It's free. So you're just loading up on this panda. <laughs> it's not free. The, it's, it's not, not free. free at all. But with but... the amount of money that they give you, it feels like it's free. And then, so then at nighttime, I'd get my tub of Ben and Jerry's, eat it, and then repeat it. And it's not the best diet, but it got me to 300 the fastest. Do you think there's, oh, there, okay, because you've seen now all the offensive linemen on your team, and you actually have a very veteran offensive line coach that I think is underrated. 
Um, and, you know, shout out to Coach Oglesby for everything that he's been through and what he saw at the, the Big Ten. Is there any way to get to that size without eating like like a fat shit? Like there's I know there's healthier ways possibly of going about it. But at a certain point, you're just going to the extremes of eating. No, definitely. I see it with a lot of my teammates who actually struggle to gain this weight. And uh, my friend Kai, you know, he he orders donuts. He orders from Baskin Robbins. He orders some crazy ass shit just to get maybe that five extra pounds, you know. And for me, it was a little bit easier. But like for people like that, you know, they do go to the extremes. They they get those tubs of ice cream and they munch down on it. And a lot of these people are eating five different meals and that includes them waking up or eating at 12 o'clock at night and just trying to get that last meal. And it's, it's pretty, it's pretty extreme. And I think at those higher levels, like the power fives, you know, they have a better diet for those people. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's so much easier for them because they have the facilities and the money to give those players to make sure that they're eating. Right. right. So, I mean, you, you've, you've now brought this up numerous times, right? The difference in the disparity, right? Because, Here's the the cool thing, right? I mean, I fucking had a cup of coffee at UNLV uh, playing football, but it, it kind of highlighted to me. I'm like, wow, the treatment that I received at a Mountain West, uh, I mean, could quantillion times better than Division Two. JUCO doesn't even compare. And if you played Division Three, I'm sorry, you paid to play football. <laughs> but you're talking about. I felt like I was pretty spoiled where I was at, and everything that we received at a Mountain West school. But you're talking about like these power five schools. So you've obviously had players transfer to San Jose State from those power five schools. Talk a little bit about like what the main differences are and, you know, why why do you think the Mountain West isn't there yet? Uh, It all simply comes down to one thing, and that's just money. You know, all these players come in and they just talk about all the money that they're program had and they were able to provide to these players you know uh we had just recently we had a quarterback from oregon come in transfer from oregon to san jose and uh i was just asking him i was like because i'm curious you know about the nil and just all that stuff and he was like yeah dude like most of the starters are in the six figures and that's just oregon let alone like a powerhouse like alabama or any of that like it just comes down to money you know and those programs have more money and you know, that's where there will always be that big gap between the Mountain West and, like, a SEC. Mm-hmm. It just comes down to money. And I think um, it's a prioritization because it's like you are in the richest city in America. Silicon Valley, it doesn't get any richer, right? Like, with the amount of wealth per square foot. Like, you have fucking Apple. You got all the big tech companies there. Um, and yet, you see that... The money just isn't prioritized for them. Now, I will say your counterparts that are probably 45 minutes away, Stanford, I would say a good deal of money probably gets allocated to Stanford compared to you guys. Um, Actually, surprisingly, that's not the case. Really? Yeah. So we actually just got uh, the strength staff from Stanford. And uh, I was talking to him about it. Like I said, I'm curious about the NIL thing. And uh, he was just telling me how much Stanford saves. Stanford hates to spend. And so he was even saying like that their their weight room is like twice as small as the one at San Jose State's because they like to save this money. And they really focus a lot on that educational part. 
And I think that's also another big thing is a lot of these schools only care about the education. They don't care about seeing their team thrive right in the sports world because you know it's but it's the prioritization like there's certain let's not let's not confuse this right usc and ucla i would say the staples of the pac-12 or the pac-10 even when they were at that point in time um they put the prioritization in we're gonna have the best basketball we're gonna have the best football and then Thus, the education around it will become good. And I feel the same way. Like when I went to Auburn um, and you start looking at all those SEC schools, you start realizing that they're actually pretty high level education wise, too. um, But we just never think about it. Um, So it would be nice to see more money start getting funneled to sports. Now, you you mentioned NIL and we we had discussed this while we were playing golf yesterday. there NIL deals come in every which way, shape, and form because there's currently no right or wrong way to do it. Hundred percent. Um, so you yourself being at San Jose State and we discussing there's not a lot of money there, you've still found a way to get an NIL or some types of deals. You want to talk about some of those deals that you got? Yeah, so one of them was being from Campbell's Pizza, uh, a little small mom and pop shop right outside of San Jose, and you know, I like I, I wanted to take advantage of it. I wanted to feed my team. And so I reached out to him. And I mean, it was as, as simple as a DM. You know, I reached out, uh, talked to him, met him in person. And he was like, yeah, man. And, you know, it wasn't even any money situation going back and forth. It was more of just getting players food during every like every month. So uh, that was the biggest thing for me was getting my offensive line fed. And I was able to do that with this NIL and also help support this mom and pop shop. And. I think I really wanted you to tell that because, guys, it comes in every way, shape, and form. And like you said, it's just a DM reach out, um, especially like this is NIL to me. It's like, all right, now you get the big packs where they're already donating a lot of monies and players are getting base salaries, yeah. which to me, okay, is I'm not saying that they don't deserve it, one, but you didn't work for it, like in the sense of like you don't know what it takes to market yourself, right? A lot of these kids that are getting NIL deals, you know, I just peruse through, you know, they're, to me, the the easiest connotation from let me sell myself to getting dollar bills is social media, right? And you see it, like the biggest NIL earners have great social media following. But a lot of these kids that get handed like these base salaries and they say like, I got an NIL deal, I'm like, but like, what is your brand? You know what I mean? Like, what are you marketing? So I know you're doing a couple of things. You're taking advantage of the social media scape. What it like you have, uh, you do food reviews, right? Right, right, right. So I, I just try, you know, I'm trying out a bunch of different things right now, just trying to get my name out there. But I think a food review is actually a great way to start just because I'm hoping that one of these places kind of bites for what I'm talking about. Almost like a Keith Lee on TikTok, you know, mm-hmm. he has now a sponsorship with Chipotle. And I'm not saying I'm going to get Chipotle, but I'm saying, you know, you could hopefully kind of fish in one of these mom and pop shops to maybe give you a couple thousand. We have a player on our team that actually, Jaime, gets, uh, I think I want to say 2,000 a year from a little taco truck, you know, and it's it's all him. You know, mm-hmm. he does, he works for them, but he also, you know, he promotes them and he gets his 2,000. So, And I think that at the end of the day, for all you football players out there, you got to start learning this stuff now because the football ends eventually, right? And 
you're learning right now, Junior, the basic fundamentals of how do I build my brand and what do I want to be known as? And I think the most important thing that a lot of these people might think of is, yeah, you are working full time as a football player, but the best, you know, athletes, the best business people in the world, they always have their little side. Okay, I play football, but I'm also doing food reviews. I'm also sending DMs out to other companies to try to get in some some sponsorship money. Um, and you can get, here's the big thing that you stated that I, I don't want to overskip, work as a team, right? Oh, yeah. Like your social media following might not be that much, but now if we pull everybody from the offensive line and you're like, okay, we're going to go in there, we're going to make five posts for you a month, you know, we're going to go, every time we're in there, we're going to be taking pictures. That's the kind of things that, it didn't really take you too much effort. No, it right? took me so, very little actually. <laughs> yeah, so like people, like just go do it. You know what I mean? Like you guys have the ability um, to go make money that isn't on just a base salary. So even if you're playing third string quarterback at Oregon and you're making money, yeah, go get some extra bread. You have the ability. It's just all about finding your niche, I think. Or is it niche? Yeah. It's all about finding your niche and just kind of what you like. I mean, if you don't like it, then you're obviously not going to do it. And for me, it was food. I love to eat food. So that was kind of the alley I wanted to go down. But I think just finding out who you are, you have a lot of free time. A lot of these athletes think, you know, I mean, it is a busy-ass schedule. But there's definitely free time for you to find yourself and, you know, better yourself. And so I think that's the biggest thing for people to take away is, you know, realizing you have this free time in college, so use it wisely. So all this free time, I want to talk about what might be considered like a program that's been freed, right? The Colorado Buffaloes. Okay. They get coach prime. Um, this was another thing we had talked about yesterday and I was, it, we, everybody's like, Oh my God, Colorado's going to be the real deal. They got, did you know they sold 35,000 tickets to their spring game? Oh my God. Crazy. Do you think Colorado is going to be everything uh, that people are playing them out to be this year? Uh, I don't see it. I don't see it at all. I think at best they get three wins. I mean, we could pull up the schedule right now and I think that'll be kind of fun to go down just seeing the different games that they're going to lose. But I, I don't see it with them. They have, they brought in all these transfers, but these transfers are coming in from the SWAC and quite frankly, they barely dominated the SWAC. And, okay. you know, we're talking Pac-12 now. It's, it's a difference. It's yeah. a big difference. And, uh, okay, so I didn't even see what their record was last year. Let's see what their record was last year. I think they year. won one game. They won one game last yeah. year. They beat Cal in overtime. So <laughs> They went crazy. They stormed the field, actually. <laughs> they did? Yeah. Oh, no, Colorado, it's man. It's that bad. It's that bad. Holy shit. Okay, so let's just go through these quick. TCU, at TCU. No shot. Nebraska? No shot. Colorado State? See, this is where I think betters can get up on Colorado. <laughs> you got a rivalry game. You got a bunch of people, a bunch of transfers coming into Colorado. You know, they don't know what this rivalry game means. You know, Colorado State was on the uprise. They got Norvell now, a solid coach. And uh, I think they could shock them. I think they could shock them because these kids aren't going to play for anything. They don't, they don't care about the state of Colorado. But these Colorado State kids, they feel like they've been shit on. You know, the spotlight's no longer on them. And uh, 
the news outlets go to Colorado. They don't go to Colorado State. So they have a chip on their shoulders. So I think that's going to be a fun game to watch. I think That's third game into the season, too. That's, I think Colorado State, I mean, they're going to be 0-2. So it's going to be. Like they know, have, yeah, it'll be. It's going to be a shitty situation. Ooh, oh, okay. Wow. I like that we kind of preface that. It's fun looking through the season because now I could go through every Pac-12 team, but I'm just going to maybe go to a game that I'm like possibly winnable at Arizona State October 7th Arizona State just got a bunch of transfers too and so that's gonna be hard to tell but I think they're gonna be a different team I think I think they're heading on the right direction they got rid of their past coach Herm Edwards I think was that who it was? yeah they had Herm there for a while yeah so I think he he wasn't the right guy so um, it could be another TCU situation they got a bunch of transfers a new coach you know you never know with today's college football landscape so you, uh, you are you pretty much up to date on like where a lot of transfers are going? Like how how does that rumor mill go about all you college players? Uh, it's honestly just all on Twitter. You see it all go down. A lot of these players, right after the season ends, you see them hop right into that portal, and you know two weeks later you see them. Oh, they're landing here. They're landing here. They're landing here. So you kind of get a rough idea of where these players are going. Also, twenty four seven sports has a bunch of different stuff. So I like to keep up with the news and just kind of see the landscape of college football. Any team that's like pulled up like transfers that you're like, damn, okay. I didn't know they were stacking up like that. No, not not really yet. I think it's gonna be better it's gonna be uh easier to see once spring ball is done because also the transfer portal opens, opens. after spring ball. And so I think seeing that, that could also have a big impact on some of these teams. And so I think waiting till then, you'll have a rough understanding of where these teams lie. Okay. Um, who was you? We were also talking about who Colorado brought in as their coaching staff. Yeah. And who was you was a so, no, 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 Kent State. Kent State. So they brought in the Kent State offensive coordinator, who was actually really good. They had a really good offense, they put up a lot of numbers. Um, they also brought in the offensive line. They brought in a good. They brought in a few transfers too from that Kent State team, which I don't like to talk shit on anybody, but I think very, very average at best. And we're talking about the MAC, and I mean they're kind of struggling in the MAC. And the MAC is a solid league, but uh, it's no Pac-12. And the Pac-12 produces a lot of good defensive linemen. I mean you're gonna see it from this team right here, USC, and uh, so it's gonna be. They're gonna. Get their teeth knocked in a little bit, I feel like. So you start the year off with USC, correct? Correct. correct. At USC. Right. Now, your freshman season, the year you redshirted, you also played at USC. Correct. So now that you're, you know, this is kind of like a full circle moment. Um, And I'll fill Travis. Travis, this has been Junior's favorite, you know, program since he was a kid. And now he gets to play against them for the first game at the Coliseum. Right. How like have you thought about that day and that feeling and what it's gonna what it's gonna be like? Not really. Beautiful uh, California <laughs> September afternoon. That first time actually in the Coliseum was an experience. You know, I, I think that was good to kind of get that under my skin, kind of get those jitters out because it's definitely so real. Coming out of the Coliseum, you see it when you're growing up. USC is USC. You know, it's it is what it is. And uh, running out from that tunnel and being in that Coliseum, it, it was so real. Kind of sad, though, seeing it half-packed because it's just like, yeah. I don't know. And they'll never... Well, I mean, the one game that we went and watched was the Notre Dame-SC game. Um, fucking 2012. Yeah. 
packed. It was packed. Packed to the gills, right? That felt different. But, I mean, it's early on. You guys have the chance, though, to, I mean, <laughs> I love USC because talk about the ultimate letdown team. I mean, I, for me, it's like they, no offense, right? They're looking at you guys as a tune-up game no, as opposed to getting their fucking asses whooped on, you know, in Jerry's world, which they did like three years in a row. Remember the year they came out crawling? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they yeah. ended up getting beat by Alabama by like 40. Um, so you guys have the chance to like cement that you guys are legitimate. How confident are you going into this next season? You bringing back all the offensive line, right? Right, right. Uh, there's definitely a lot of things we still need to work on, but uh, confidence is there for sure. I think with a new young core that we have going on with both offense and defense, we're a lot more hungrier. You know, a lot of the old guys left. And so it's definitely a different vibe. Everybody's really bought in. And uh, I think we realize we need all the numbers that we can this year. We can't rely on the juniors, the, uh, the Cades, or mm -hmm. the E-Cooks. So uh, we're definitely, like, coming together as a team more than ever. And it's exciting because I think in these situations, that's what you need. You need a team mm -hmm. to beat this. You don't, you don't have one player beat USC. It's a team effort. 100%. So it's, it's exciting. So I think I have a lot of confidence going into this game. And I think all my boys behind me do, too. Now, uh, SC, they just, I don't know if that, the kid entered the draft, right? Their DN that they had last year, who was, uh... Yeah, they had a really solid DN. They also, they still have, like, two solid... Yeah, no, yeah, I know they, they're, they're going to stack they're, them up. Yeah, they're definitely loaded up. But uh, they did, one of them, I can't think of his name, Polynesian, I think 49, but uh, really solid, really solid defensive lineman. So... You've played a lot uh, against some pretty good talent. Who would you say has been like your best competition? All around from the full five D lineman would probably be Auburn, but the best D lineman I faced was probably from Eastern Michigan. Can't even remember the dude's name, but he was a dog. He won Defensive Player of the Year year there, and I think he was like top five in like. Uh, PFF rankings mm. for defense linemen. He was a dude, you know, mm. very fast. And, uh, but even Auburn, too, a lot of fast guys, just big. You know, it, it just comes down. A lot of these guys are just big in size and they use it well. You know, you got this 6 5 frame, they get up the field, run these four threes. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's tough to stop for sure. Now, you, uh, like, the thing that, Always shocks me is, I mean, we, we see people get beat at the NFL level, right? Um, you yourself, is there like a particular type of style that you prefer to face when it comes to a pass rusher? Because I feel at the NFL, I mean, it's such a well-rounded and they're actually like taking their time with you. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're not giving you the best on the first couple of drives, they still have other things in their bag. Um, what is like one type of pass rusher that you're like, oh, if you come at me with this shit, I'm burying you? I love all the slow, just kind of like those big meaty guys that think that they can run through you. Because those are the easiest, man. They come right at you and you just kind of just have to sit on it. It all comes down to the speed guys are the ones that you just kind of like, fuck, man, it's going to be a long day. Mm -hmm. Because they they know how to use it. And that's when, when you're kind of trying to beat that speed, a lot of mistakes happen and a lot of errors and you look like shit. <laughs> yeah, so, so uh, one of the things I found interesting that a lot of 
it started happening towards the end of last year, and I feel like I've seen it for a long time, but these tackles timing the snaps. I mean, I watched so many games where I'm like, holy shit, that looks like a false start every fucking play. Um, how much do you train, like, that jump? And, like, where where are your eyes? Because so, you're the furthest on the line a little bit back. How do you train yourself to know when to go? So a lot of these people timing up the snaps are in uh... – I mean, they're in the bigger games, so it's like the NFLs, because it all comes down to the guard. You don't hear the quarterback. It's way too loud for you to hear the quarterback, so it all comes down to the guard. Watch this when you watch the game. They just give a little head nod. Once you see that, once the head comes back up, that's when those tackles kick. So in my corner of my eye, I'm kind of like looking at this guard. Once I see that, see that head go up and down, that's when I go. Mm. So that's what it all comes down to, and that's how they're timing up these snaps so well is because... They're not waiting for that quarterback to say hike because that's it's almost impossible. Mm-hmm. To, you're already you're gonna get yeah, dusted. Yeah, but once you see this head nod go up, everybody on the offensive line knows once that head comes back up, we're all going. Got it. So Got that's it. how they time it up. Okay. Okay. Um. So we've we've covered a lot of interesting topics here about you and the upcoming season. I do want to play a little game with you here. All right. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of conferences, and we, we started this off by, I went on collegefootballnews.com, and it was like, Sunbelt football, strength of schedule rankings. And I was like, who the fuck even plays in the Sunbelt? Like, it took me a second. So I want to play a game with you here. I'm going to start uh, giving you conferences, and we're just we're going to see how many teams you can name. Let's we're going to start with Conference USA. Conference USA. Conference USA. Do they got SMU in there? Incorrect. <sighs> Damn. Who the hell is in Conference USA? Uh, Told you I'd stump him, Travis. Louis- Travis was like, no, 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 guys, you're starting this too early. I was like, no, there's other conferences. Louisiana <laughs> Tech? No, oh, okay, you got one. Clearly. You got one. Damn. Texas State? Uh, Not Texas State, no. Texas, there's a Texas team in there. Oh, Northern Texas. There is Northern Texas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, I know who's in this. UTSA now. Okay, okay. So as long as you get one, you can start the ball. Yeah. Okay, do you know all the independent schools? Yeah, I think so. Go ahead. Uh, New Mexico State. You got BYU. Correct. Uh, Wow. Is Navy in there? Or Air Force, or not Air Force, Army. Army is? Army. Uh, there's a weird one. I know there is. Is, no, Boston College is in ACC. Mm-hmm. Temple? Nope. I don't know. You're missing the big oh, one. Oh, uh, no, I said BYU. No, you're missing the biggest independent school. Oh Notre Dame, that's <laughs> right. Like, yeah. God damn, that's dude. right. And All right, you missed uh, Utah Tech, right? Nah, no. you missed Liberty, UMass, and UConn. Really? Oh. I didn't even know UMass was a Division One football team. They were one in eleven last year. Just in case anybody was wondering. Yeah, I didn't know. They were um, okay. Uh, see, the MAC is popular now. The I, Mac kn- is. I know you'll know MAC teams. Well, that's just because they play on fucking Tuesdays. I mean, that is true. Everybody's just bored as shit on their mind from the TV and they put on action. Do you wish the Mountain West would play like Mountain West Wednesdays? No shot. 
no shot. <laughs> it's just like it's demoralizing almost because it's like they're doing it for the views, obviously, and they're getting the views. Yeah, but it's like nobody's going to these games on a fucking Tuesday night. Yeah, they look these, pretty empty. Yeah, these kids are doing their homework. You know, no, <laughs> no kid is getting drunk and going to. I mean, there's probably a few kids that get drunk and go to these games, but nobody's turning up on a Tuesday night. What uh, what school have you gone to that you're like, as it's like a travel game and you're leaving the game and you're like, damn, this place looks like it's about to turn up. <sighs> probably Auburn, dude. Auburn, you. I mean, those kids are turning up in the seats themselves. Like they're turning up in the stadium and. Well, the crazy thing is, there's no alcohol. Yeah, but they're still just. There's rowdy. no alcohol, Travis. Explain to me what? this shit. Okay. SEC, they love football. Mm. You cut them open and football's come up. Wow. Um, That's crazy. They love it that much. You should study that. And they don't sell alcohol at the football games. Not even like a, a light beer? Travis, when I tell you they take the Bible belt seriously, like uh. none of those little schools out there. But, but there was no drunker fans that I saw. Then at Auburn. So explain that to me. Well, they got moonshine buckets somewhere. Like no, they're, they found a way to hide it. And, you know, the crazy thing is, too, and I, I think it's I think it's like low-key. It's cool to watch it, but I can never be that guy. All the freshmen at Auburn, they dress up in a – it's a blue suit or the white shirt and the oh, orange tie. Yeah, yeah. So, so those are all freshmen? The, they're all freshmen. And the girls uh, have to wear like the skirts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a uniform. It's a weird cult, dude. You're never dressing me up like that. Dude, I thought to I was, go to a fucking I game. thought I was going crazy cuz I went out there like 30 minutes before the game started and these people are already in their seats. Like I mean like I mean they pre-gamed, I'm sure, but 30 minutes before being in the seats and now knowing that they didn't have alcohol, like that sucks. Yeah, no. That sucks. But I will say the way that people in Alabama, like at the convenience stores, were, it's just crazy the way everybody just knows it. You know what I mean? Like everybody in the town is, oh, the game's happening today. Game's happening today. <laughs> they got like Auburn beer specials going on and shit. Pretty dope feeling. Pretty. No, 100%. I mean, riding in the bus into it. I mean, we're talking about miles of tailgates. Like these, it's, it's their lifestyle. And have you seen that video of the kid going to the March Madness game? His parents tell him that he's going to the game. It's a crazy thing. Like, this kid is, I, I want to say, either Arkansas or Alabama. He's at breakfast with his parents, and he his parents tell him that they're going to the game. That's, like, right down the way, and he didn't know. And so they tell him, and, like, this kid, like, breaks down. And it's like, you're not getting that reaction from a US a kid going to a USC <laughs> game or a UCLA. Like, yeah. it's their life. It's their that's life. So, that's, a, that's a great point, and... Uh, Damn, I, I was going to go down another conference, um, but no, I, all the other ones, I'm pretty confident that you, uh, you're, you're going to be What other conference well is there? Uh, I mean, there's like, there was, we, we hit Conference USA. What other Mountain West team, right? The Mountain West was actually pretty even this year, wouldn't you say? I mean, like yeah. there were some, there were some blatant losers, but for the most part, there was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven teams out of ten, actually, I think there might be like eleven or twelve. Yeah, seven teams out of twelve, they in the conference play won five games. So, is there a team that you're like expecting them to be a little bit better this year than 
than they put on? Let me think. I, like I said, Colorado State. Colorado State is one to look out for. Uh, Norvell, once again, really good coach. He's created a great program at Nevada. I think he was there for even – I could be wrong. For Kaepernick? No, I don't think he was. No, no, no. But he created them into Nevada, what they are. Well, not anymore, but they were a solid team before. And uh, so that's one team to look out for. Uh, San Diego State's always, always tough. Boise State's going to be really good, I think. Uh, they had like a freshman quarterback back there balling last year. And uh, so seeing them this year is going to be kind of interesting. I think they have a pretty good schedule, too, to kind of make that noise early. Mm-hmm. They play, I think, I want to say UCF and at their place, which is it's hard. You play on yeah. the blue turf. It's, and those fans get rowdy. And so uh, definitely watch out for Boise State. Air Force, it's Air Force, you know. They're tough. Did you play Air Force last year? No, we didn't. Now, I mean, I watched Air Force play numerous games. Don't, don't ask me why, but that's why I just I'm addicted. I'm addicted to like the Mountain West betting Saturday nights. Like, if I see a eight o'clock start, UNLV versus Air Force, I know Air Force is about to put it on UNLV, <laughs> and the under is going to hit. 100%. Like it's they're pounding the rock out, controlling the clock. I can't believe I watched as much Air Force football as I did last year. But yeah, they 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 look solid. Now, the last thing I want to leave on, um, tell me like your your coming to Jesus moment or like the awakening of like, oh my God, I just got hit so hard. I'm playing Division One college football now. Tell us that story. It's actually, it was like, I want to say like the third play. <laughs> so usually I was hoping, because I knew this was going to happen. It happens to all football players. And I was hoping like this maybe came like later on in the first game. But no, it was like the third play. It was my first pull. I pull around and I was like, I'm going to just hit the fuck out of this dude. Because I mean, that's all you can do. And I went for it. And we, we made some pretty good contact, both of us. Because I think both of us had the same thing in mind. We wanted to fuck each other up. <laughs> And so we both did that, and it was like two Rams just hitting each other, and it was just like, like neutralized, <laughs> and we we're like shit. And after that, dude, like I, I was seeing stars. I was like, dude, I couldn't really breathe that well, and I was just like dazed. And I was like, fuck, is this how it is the entire time? Because I was like, fuck, dude, this is only my third play. This is, <laughs> is this gonna happen the entire game? Which it didn't. It was just this one play, but it was like, fuck, like this is this is college football. So that was kind of like my coming to college football moment of like, you know, this is it. Yeah. And, you know, actually watching it on film, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. They I, never do. The worst ones never look that bad. No, I thought I got lit up. I thought I got lit up. But no, it, it wasn't that bad. Oh, I'm so glad that uh, you, uh, <laughs> the way you broke that, you said, is this going to be everything? <laughs> No, it, it was definitely really, you reevaluated. I reevaluated. I'm this. so far into this right now. We're three plays into the game, dude. At that, I was like, "Fuck, dude, college football is gonna be brutal," and I accepted that in that exact moment. <laughs> but it wasn't as bad. So, okay, well, Junior, shout out your socials, and then you're about to be on another show, The American Fan. If you want to catch some more content from this young stud, go check out The American Fan 365 on YouTube. That episode will be posted on later today. But Junior, shout out your socials and let's get in. Uh, Carbona Junior, just two R's at the end on Instagram. Come follow me, reach out to me, and uh, your yeah. Twitter or your TikTok for uh, food reviews. TikTok for food reviews. Any good spots in San Jose? Uh, it's June 
and then it's like why you r r r r and then i'll pop up i'm like I have like twenty four thousand, so no, no, no big deal. You just have four thousand. I'm Mr. George Carmona. I'm the host of Gridiron Junkies. Travis was behind the deck. Thank today. you, Travis. Thank you so much for what you do around here. I am going to be hitting you guys next week with. I'm trying to schedule a, a this funny guest. Uh, if that doesn't happen, then we're going to do a draft preview. But this funny guest, I've been watching him on Instagram a lot, and it's really. I think his name is C.J. Sullivan, but he has the. The bomb dropped a bomb podcast. Uh, he's hilarious. So stay tuned for that. I'll see you guys next Wednesday. Gridiron Junkies out. Solid.